Moto Spot Show, we are back, episode five. Uh, this thing has been so fun, and I'm excited to get this guest on today. He is the reason why we are doing this show. I can't thank him enough for everything he's done for me this year. I mean, we had A1, Kyle Greason on there, and then Houston, we had um, Michael Lewis, and then we did Hunter yesterday, and Nick yesterday, so we'll drop these things throughout the season, because we won't be at Oakland, and a couple other rounds, so we're just kind of building up content, but... Huge shout out to uh, Next Level Racing for allowing us to do this. We have the owner of Next Team Next Level with us, Chris. How are you, Chris? I'm awesome, man. How are you? I'm doing great. We're in Tampa, Florida, um, and it's it's maybe raining, maybe not. It's Florida weather. It's Florida. It could rain. It's like Houston. Yeah. It could rain. It could not rain. Wait, I heard you say you're not going to Oakland. Why not? You scared? No, I uh, I spent too much money. I need to I need to be frugal. Uh, <laughs> Okay, I'm a little scared. Actually, fun I'm fact. I'm always scared when I go yeah, there. It's fun so fact. We went in 2012, maybe, and there's a Denny's in the parking lot, and we went to that Denny's in the parking lot of Oakland Supercross. Oh, yeah. Like, craziest experience I've ever had. Did you guys get robbed or watch anybody else get robbed? No. Hey, Hunter, how are you? <laughs> no, you're good. Come on in. If you, What are you doing? Um, Hunter, we got, we got his episode dropping soon. He'll be he'll be live here. Here comes um, the Yeah. Um, but Chris, you know, like I mentioned before, you're the owner of Team Next Level. You guys are just absolutely making your mark on Supercross and Motocross. What what made you want to get into this? Like, you know, I know you're a rider, but what made you say, you know what, I'm gonna go help privateers and provide them with a lifestyle that makes it easier for them to race, but also make a lifestyle to the where they can do stuff after racing. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. First of all, let's use that term owner very loosely. Okay. This is a team effort. This I love is, that. This is not Chris. Yeah. This is not Chris. This is, um, first of all, a very high calling uh, from God on our life that Rhonda and I know that we're supposed to be doing this right yeah. now. And and I don't know how many years we do this for, um, but this is the season that we're in yeah. and we're supposed to be doing this. And, and we know that for sure without any question at all. And so this is a coordinated effort. Uh, between myself and my wife Rhonda, mm-hmm. and the guys at Panic Rev, and the guys at Fast Life Ministries, and a whole bunch of amazing sponsors: uh, Action Sports Canopies, Redline Oil, uh, Roswell Off Road, Risk Guts, ODI, Pirelli. Um, so many people yeah. uh, came together to do this. Like and, you said, a team. Yeah, and it's you know I don't look at this as mine. Yeah, I, I look at I look at it as I'm just a very small part of this process um and and i'm just a link in the chain yeah that's all so just bring it all together forward yeah. motion yeah, yeah just for yeah yeah i'm just trying to do my little part um several years ago uh so my wife and i were involved in college ministry in fort worth at tcu for about the last 10 or 12 years i guess okay and that wasn't something we were looking to get into either we were just kind of we were doing some mission work in belize and a group from TCU came down, and the, the college pastor was with that group. Um, we just immediately formed a connection. We did some mission work together for a couple of weeks, and and he said, "We're from Texas, and y'all are from Texas. Why don't we? Why don't you guys come? Yeah, hang link out with up. Our college yeah. kids, and they'll love y'all and whatever." And so we did, and then we kind of got drug into that, and and not not like we didn't want to. We just weren't yeah. looking to. Yeah, it wasn't something that you were planning on. It wasn't something yeah. we were planning on. But but anyway, um, um, we've definitely felt a, a calling to do college ministry. Yeah. And then um, that was awesome, and we love young people. And then we started 
we got some freedom after our, both of our daughters graduated college and got married. Um, we got some financial freedom and some time freedom where we didn't really have to be in any one place all the time. Okay. And so we were, uh, we were able to travel a little bit more. We started going to some more Supercross races, you know, more than just one or two a year. We started going to seven or eight a year. And I very quickly um, saw the need for some spiritual and life coaching, spiritual mentoring and life coaching yeah. in this area of Supercross. Um, and, and Supercross has a chaplain. His name is Jake Veneta. He's an awesome, awesome dude. Love the dude. Um, but he's got his job. Yeah. And his job is to prepare a service or a message for everybody every week and pray for everybody. And then he does his best to circulate through the pit area and, and build relationships and get to know people and pray with them and, and, and help them through things they're going through. Totally. But he can't, one guy can't reach 200 people that are in the pits. Right. You know, you can get 10 or 15 at best. So he, he gets more than that and does an amazing job. But, but even after us meeting Jake and, and being confident that there was some spiritual presence or representation here at the races, uh, Ron and I still felt very, very called to jump in and, yeah. and kind of um, help out with that as well. Um, and both of us, when we were younger, we had, where when, we, when we were in college, we had people, older people that were in their 30s, 40s, whatever, mm-hmm. that kind of took us under their wing and brought us into their family and, and let us hang out with them and let us just see how they did life. And these were people that were at churches that we were at. Yeah. And, and they mentored us. And so That's we... Cool really really know and understand the value of of having a mentor and having somebody in your life that can pour into you and provide some wisdom and guidance and counseling and just be there for you and and all that so we had that in our lives we understood how important it was and and so we wanted to that's kind of really the driving force for wanting to give that back is that we still remember what it was like to be young and have you know, just be kind of clueless. I mean, when you're that age, you think you know what you're doing, but then when you're 20 years down the road, you look back and go, "I was an idiot." Yeah, you're like, "What?" I, but that, that those failures or those mistakes, right, created. Oh, absolutely. That's better, what, yeah, absolutely. That's what that's what brings you further in life. So, um, we definitely had that in our life. That's kind of the driving factor for us wanting to pass that on. Yeah, um, we have the time and the ability to to do this. So, yeah, why not? Why not? Why not give back where we yeah. can? Why not help younger people like somebody else helped us? And and my primary goal always is to let every person I come in contact with know that there's a God that created and sustains the universe and everything mm-hmm. in it. And he created us and he wants to have a relationship with us. And he provided a way that for that to happen. And, but it's up to us to, yeah. to accept that invitation and take that step. So I want to make that message clear and let people know that. Um, but if they have no interest, that's totally fine. Right. That's between them and God if they have no interest. I just need to be the messenger yeah. of that message. You're like, hey, I'm here if you want If you want it. I'm here to help. If you don't, like, I totally understand. That's right. And, yeah. and then that further, that further, that goes into the mentoring that we do uh, or the life coaching, which is really just – you know, primarily it's spiritually, primarily it's spiritually. Mm -hmm. Um, if, if they're interested, not interested, great. But then also there's, there's a lot of other stuff that you don't get taught in school. Sometimes you don't even get taught by your families or your friends. And especially with these guys that have grown up racing motocross, they've a lot of times not even 
gone to school or they've done homeschool and they've spent their entire life focused on this one sport to try to perfect it and become a professional. Yeah. And, and so sometimes they're not great at having relationships that are successful and productive. Right. You know, everybody can swipe left and swipe right, but it's a little more difficult to date somebody and actually get to know them and actually, um, have a chance to forgive somebody when they when they hurt you or fail you or um you don't let those ex- burdens sit on you yeah somebody how they are i mean it's it's easy for all of us, of us to have a very selfish relationship and 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 get what we want but that's not what relationships are ever like and that's not what marriage is about it's a give yeah. and take and so so i think that that that's important yeah. to be able to know how to navigate a relationship and keep one together uh, instead of just bailing out every time things start to go south or it's not fun anymore. Right. So, like, for you, like, you talk about relationships, but, like, you know, it's, you got, you know, four or five, six guys, depending on East or West, but how do you manage those relationships when everybody's different, right? Like, I know for, like, us at work, we have 17 guys in our region and every guy's different. So, if, like, our regional manager, he's like, this might work for you, this guy, but it's going to be different for this guy. So, like, how's that balance for you to, to manage and, you know, have that outreach to these guys when everybody's has a different mindset yeah that's a great question and and i and i think the short answer is you have to know people you have to build a relationship with uh someone and get to know them well enough to know what their personality type is and how they need to be approached and and then you also but but long before that you got to build a solid foundation of a relationship to where you you've earned the right to share some wisdom or some guidance with them yeah and so when I first meet a guy, I'm not going to walk up to him and go, dude, what are you doing swiping left and right? Like, that's yeah. not the way yeah, we're here to race. you're going to have a, <laughs> yeah. a uh, successful race career or a successful, successful marriage one day or anything like that. I got to earn that right. Yeah. I got to earn that guy's respect. And then slowly, I can, as I get to know them and I determine their personality type, I, I know if they're the kind of guy that needs a very gentle you know, kind of pat on the back and, Hey man, you know, it looks like you're kind of struggling. If you need some help or some advice, you know, let me know. Yeah, I'm, I'm here, here to help. You. Yeah. Or there's some guys where you just got to grab them and go, you know, grab them by the shoulders and say, Hey man, look me in the eye. I love you. And you're going down a bad path here. And yeah. I've been down this bad path myself. So let me, if you'll allow me to, let me help you yeah. straighten out and get out of this bad lane that you're in and, and let's move forward in life. And so, yeah, every person is different. Every yeah. guy is different. Every girl is different that my wife talks to. And you just, you first have to earn the respect and earn a, a, a right to speak into their life. Yeah. They have to know that you're coming from the right place. Um, like we, I, I think, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think we might possibly be the only group in this entire sport or paddock area pit mm-hmm. area that wants absolutely nothing yeah I, I there's nothing these kids can give me that i don't have already there's nothing i want from them i'm not impressed that they can go fast on a dirt bike and that they get to make money whatever i've made more yeah than even the top guys um i've been at the level of some of these bottom guys I've lived a great life and had some great successes in different areas. And so I get to come into this from a unique perspective in that I don't want anything from them. Yeah. I'm not trying to get their money. You just want to see them succeed. To, I want yeah. to see them succeed. Yeah. Just, I want to help them just like somebody helped me yep. when I was younger. 
And, and I wouldn't be where I am today, spiritually, financially, emotionally, physically, anything, if some guys earlier in my life didn't jump in and grab me by the by the hand and say, yeah. let me show you how to do life. Yeah. And let me show you how to build a business. Let me show you how to make money. Let me show you how to love your wife well. Let me show you how to... Um, you know, forgive somebody that's that's um, you know, done wrongdoing or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those things where like you can only race for so long, right? And especially at these levels, like yeah. unfortunately, privateers are just it's just a cycle, right? Like you don't it's it's expensive, it's stressful. Yep. It's um uh, it's just drains you, right? Like driving from round to round. Luckily, you're taking that out for these guys, but you're helping these guys find something outside of this, right? Like, yes, you want to provide this, but at the same time, you're like, hey, like, what's your goals after this? Like, That's right, because this is short. Right. I mean, Like, sure. live in the moment, enjoy it, but when you're five years, ten years down the road, like, unfortunately, your body just can't take it anymore. And- That's right, and, and it's not like it's not like we sit around and have a lot of conversations right now about um, what's going to happen five years from now, ten years from now, yeah. anything like that, because nobody wants to think about that right now. Right. They want to think about racing and right now and – and most of these guys are just wide open all the time. But we're laying the groundwork. Yeah. I'm trying to teach these guys how to have respect and integrity yeah. and how to treat a sponsor and how to be thankful and, and grateful for what they've been given and how to, to treat people well and love people well, how to manage their time, how to manage their relationships, how to manage their finances. Um, and, and those are life lessons that it doesn't matter if they jump out of Supercross and go into real life, so to speak, this year or five years from now, yeah. hopefully the groundwork and the foundation that we're trying to help these kids lay is that whenever they're done with this, they've got some things that they've learned. So, like, I'm real strict on them with being punctual, be on time. We have some, a couple of team meetings every day. Uh, yeah. And and I want to be on, be on time for those. Yeah. One because it teaches them how to manage their time, how yep. to get up early enough to be somewhere, to to be on time. To it teaches them how to honor a commitment. Yep. I'm I'm on these guys constantly about posting and thanking their sponsors. That's because the sponsors are the ones that help us get here. Yeah. And and in life you have to depend on other people sometimes, whether it's your spouse or your friends or your employer or your employees. And so that's just a good life lesson to learn to to be grateful to people that help you yep. along the way. So those are the kind of just life lesson type things that that I'm really trying to get these guys to understand and put into practice. Like be on time, be grateful, be yeah. um, wear the right shirt. You know, yes, be, be humble. Yeah, um, you know, be an animal on the track. Right. I mean, that's one thing we talk about every week is is when we're on the track, be a warrior. There's no friends. Yeah. Right. We can all be friends back here. But when you get on that track, there's no friends. None of those guys are going, oh, you know what? I did really good last last week, and I made some good money. So I'm actually going to let my friend come past me and be in the LCQ so he can get some money this weekend. That doesn't go through anyone's mind. Right. No one's mind. When you see your friend laying in the middle of the track right in front of you, and you're in fourth place in the LCQ, you run him over. You say sorry while you're doing it, and you say sorry later. Yeah. But you don't stop your bike and move it out of the way and help your friend up on the track on the track you're there to race yeah and so that's one of the things that that we have to learn how to navigate is is to not you know not be an awful person you know yeah t so t-bone somebody and totally take them out but, but you want to race them but even yeah. gosh man lcq last week in houston that move that chiz put on freddie 
I love Freddie. He's yeah. one of my favorite people ever. I don't know Chiz, but I was talking to Freddie the other day, and you know he he was upset He's about bummed, it. Yeah, he was bummed about it, and rightly so. He yeah. should be. But I said, Freddie, man, I would have done the exact same thing. Yeah. If I was in that position, there's I would a little. Have done if there's a little light at the end of the tunnel, if there is. A <laughs> I'm going for 10% it. Percent chance. Yeah. That I can hit you and and get by you. Absolutely, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I don't want to take you out. I don't want to purposely put you on the ground. I don't want to hurt you or break your leg doing it. But these guys are racing for money. Yeah. And so there, there can't be any friends out there. So, and that's a tough thing to manage. Yeah. Really, especially for a young person who maybe hasn't learned how to control their emotions and control their anger and and compartmentalize different things. It's hard to take a good smack from somebody on the track or yeah. or have somebody cut you off or take you out and then come back to the pit area and go shake their hand and go, dude, that was a that was a good takeout. Yeah. I mean I don't like it, but that was a good takeout. But I respect it. Yeah. Yeah, I respect it. And, yeah. and that's that's tough. So it's yep. another thing we try to manage. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things like you said, the money is for these guys, every dollar counts. You every know what I mean? dollar counts. It's when you're in that L C Q that's that's the decision of going to Oakland or not going to Oakland. That's right. Like, you know what 100%. I mean? So, um, it's one of those things to where I think that's why I really like coming over here and just seeing the, the com- camaraderie and, and all that. And, you know, Kevin got 14th last weekend out of the LCQ yeah, it was and we were talking yeah, a little bit and I'm like, dude, ride. I'm like that quad came in clutch on. He's like, I didn't want to do it, but I knew I had to have it in the back pocket. It's exactly so right. it's cool. Like to hear those kind of things, like throughout the day, like if you're not a, like a, a real hardcore fan you don't know the set stuff yeah but these guys are always thinking what's next that's they're right they're not just thinking about right now they're like okay if i can jump through the whoops right now then i know i can jump through the whoops last five minutes of the main yeah so they're always tweaking and learning and that's um, right that's right and it's and it's finding a way to motivate these guys yeah. in a constructive way and and again like you asked about personality types there's some guys who have to be dealt with like really direct and kind of harsh and go bro you're gonna have to sack up yeah and twist the throttle open, grab another gear, and hit those whoops. Right. There's just no way around it. And yeah. if you're scared to do it, then you need to pack your stuff up and go to the house because yeah. you're wasting your time. You're wasting all your sponsors' time. Um, you're, you're, this is insanity. You're doing the same thing every week and expecting a different result. Yeah. And then there's another guy that maybe just needs to have a hug and go, "Hey, man, I, I know you can do this. Yeah, I know. Trust you yourself. Be, yeah. Trust yourself. It's going to be hard. Yeah. Um, last week you mentioned Kevin LCQ and and then um, you know got 14th. Uh, he had I think the best ride of his entire season, uh, and and maybe his career. Yeah. And one of the things we talked about right before we went out was I said, Kevin, man, I love you, dude, but we got to change something. You. you I really would rather see you come off of that track completely and totally smoked with absolutely zero energy. You collapse and fall into my arms and I and I take the bike and you back to the to the rig. Yeah. I'd rather see that than for you to come off the track and twenty minutes later have regrets that you could have done more or right. you could have given it a little bit more or you had a little bit more in the tank. Like let's give it everything. Yeah. What do we got to lose? Right. Yeah, Just like this is opportunity, and his starts all day were so good. His starts are always good. Yeah, his starts are amazing. He's not afraid. He yeah. nails it. He's so good in the rhythm sections. He gets those on the second or third lap of practice usually. Yeah, and uh, and we've been working on whoops for you know two years. Just building the confidence, building speed, um, going stiffer, stiffer, stiffer on suspension. Yeah, and getting him used to it and, and trusting making it progress. Yeah, um, but there's always room to improve. So I know I, I used to tell all my friends, I'm like. 
yeah, you look good on a supercross track, but dude, there's no whoops there. Like I'm yeah. like I'm like <laughs> you look good on Instagram, but like you better find a set of whoops and hit those for eight hours a day. That's right. Because like that's the difference between you getting in a main and not getting a main. That's always the big separator. Yeah, I don't care what anybody says. Every track has rhythm sections. It doesn't make yeah. That all much the supercross triples are the same. Yeah, if you do the quad or you don't do the quad, the huge separators are the starts. Because that's the only chance you got a whole race to pass 21 other people. Yep. So the start is the most important. And then after that, whoops. Right. If you can hit a set of whoops wide open with the throttle pinned yeah. all the way to the stop with confidence, then you're going to make some mains. You're going to make, you're going to, and you're going to do well in mains. Right. Because yep. most guys can't hit them for whatever reason. They yeah. don't know technique. They're scared. They don't have proper setup, whatever, you know, lots of different things. But, but that is the one big separator. Yeah, uh, and and so that's 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 where we work. And at the privateer level, I mean, that's where all these guys. Yeah, have struggle. To do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got to You got to That's that's the difference between 30, 31st and twenty fifth or twenty sixth. Like, because yeah. those guys are so close in times. When you look at the sheet, and it's like, dude, if you can just get yeah. those whoops clean, you'll be right there. Yeah, and our you, you talked to our trainer uh, Michael Lewis last yeah. week. And Michael sits down and does all the metrics and all the math and does all the segment times and all that kind of stuff. And a couple of weeks ago, we sat down together and he showed me. He's like, look, man, we took a, a group of our guys and through the whoops, just did timing through that segment. Every single lap, they were losing a second to a second and a half. Yeah. Well, after 20 laps. Yeah, it's a lot of time. That's 20, 30 seconds. Yeah. And then when you start to look at the math of how far apart are the top seven guys and then the next five or six guys and the next guys, you see that if you could go just a little faster in the whoops, all of a sudden it takes you from that 16 to 20 second spot or bracket and moves you up into the maybe 11 to 13 or 14. Yes, yeah. exactly. Because you're literally, you're losing 20 seconds in that 20 lap race. Yeah. Crazy and and it's nuts and yeah. that's where it's coming from is that one section. Yep, and that so, and again huge. I think that goes back to like teaching and mentoring, right? Like if you just if you give only a little bit of effort here, you're gonna lose over here. So yeah. you got to put it all together. And that's the same with life. If you only if you do a little bit here and only a little bit here, it, you're not gonna succeed. You got to put it. It's all got to come together. Yeah, I want to I want to see these guys when they finish their career in in racing, I want to see them go work as hard at a job and a career yeah. as they did at their racing. And if they do that, then they'll be super successful. And success is defined in many different ways. Right. It's not yeah, just, it's not just money. money. Yeah. Um, for me, success is, is defined in time. Okay. Um, and I was very blessed to have some mentors that helped me learn how to make money early in life. And learning how to make money and learning how to live on way less money than I made and invest well bought me time. And then with that time, I get to do this. Yeah. And, and so a lot of times guys meet me and they get to know me a little bit and they go, man, I want to be just like you. I'm like, no, you don't really. Um, <laughs> but you think I'm great, but I'm not. Um, yeah. You're like, let me guide, let me guide you how to be better. <laughs> yeah. Let me guide you how to be better. But yeah. they'll say like financially, I want to be free like you are. Well, that's great, and I can teach you how to do that, but yeah. what you didn't see is the 20-year that I totally just yeah, was on the grind. It. Yeah, and And then the good decisions that I made along the way, and that's what's bought me my freedom right now. And and, and so they want to know how to get there quick, and the answer yeah. is you're not going to get there quick. This is a lifestyle, and it's going to take a while, but it starts by making good decisions. Yep. Good decisions on a racetrack, 
and are going to translate to good decisions in life. Yeah. Good decisions with how you manage your time and your training and your sleep and your diet are going to lead to good decisions in life yeah. later on. So this is just a stepping stone. It's a building block for the, the rest of life. And I mean, what do we get? 75, 85 years right. on this earth on average. If you're lucky, right? Yeah. You're, you're done racing. Your body is smoked by 26, Third, yeah, 27. Yeah, 30, most yeah. people. Right. You know, there's animals out there, but yeah. unicorns. But but privateers, like 25, 26. 25, they, 26. We had a good run. Yeah, we had a good run. It's fun. Yeah. You're done. Golly, that's the average age that most kids get out of college and start working a couple of years. So yep. you literally got your whole life ahead of you. Yeah. Um, so if you can take what you learn now and apply that to the rest of life, these guys will do great. Yeah. In, in whatever they decide to do. I think that's the cool thing about about this sport is if you can build those relationships and meet people. Like you can meet a lot of successful people in here. And like you said, it might not be money and it might not be, but it could be time. It could be family, whatever it could be. But this sport has a, a way of just bringing people together and learning. Like I have everything yeah. that I have because I was racing, yeah. you know, or working at a dealership or whatever. Like, like you said, just being a good person and, and having good etiquette, being on time and being a, you know, appropriate, respectful, like that goes a long way for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, make an impact. Yeah. Leave the world a better place than what you found it. Yep. Um, man, I, when I was younger, my parents taught me things like if you borrow somebody's car, Return it better than you got Return it. Return it better than you got it. Yeah. So take it through a car wash, vacuum the inside. Whether you got it dirty or not, makes no difference. Yep. Clean it out. Yep. Fill it with gas. I don't care if you drove it a block down the street to deliver something to your friend. Still, run it through the car wash, fill it up with gas, bring it back to him and say thank you very much. Yep. Yeah. Don't bring just, it to him empty, you know, yeah, empty tank. With trash in it. Dirty with your McDonald's trash in yeah, it or something like yeah. that. Be respectful. Be kind. Be humble. Um do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. Um, you handshake and, uh, and look in somebody in the eyes. That's another thing I'm teaching these guys. It's yeah. amazing how many young people don't understand. It goes a long oh way. Oh, my gosh. Especially with somebody older. Like, yeah. I'm 56. I don't feel, really feel old. I feel about yeah. 30. You're ready to go. <laughs> but, but somebody from my generation and my age yeah. has so much more immediate respect for a young man that will walk up to you look you in the eyes, shake your hand, and give it a good hard shake. Yeah. But these kids that walk up and they won't look you in the eye, they look over there somewhere, and and they give you this wimpy little handshake, and they've got their Starbucks in their hand. I mean, I'm sorry, but just I look at those guys and go, yeah, it's a tragedy that nobody taught you how to be a man. Right. Obviously, because you're not doing very well. Yeah. But there's always hope. So yeah, we can, we're, we're going to teach it. We're going to teach it. We're <laughs> going to go somewhere. That, and sometimes I do, man. I, with these kids that I come in contact with and have the opportunity to have a relationship with, if they shake my hand in, the, in this week or they look, they can't look at me when they're talking to me or something like that, yeah. I will just I'll give just them put, crap. Yeah, I will. I'll give them crap, man. Yeah. I'll just put my arm around them and go, hey, man, I love you. Let me show you something. Yeah. This will help you in your entire <laughs> life. I promise you. It's funny. We just had this same conversation <laughs> with Ricky and like, he he served in the military and we talked about like the you know the differences between that and he's like honestly the military kind of helped me in the paddock because it's like having like you said being on time wearing a uniform being appropriate respectful shaking a hand like yeah he's like that stuff goes so far in it life goes so far just little things that's right and he's like it's crazy to me like how hard it is to find that nowadays and I'm yeah. like yeah no I get it for sure well our world is not. I, mean, I, don't, I don't want to go too off the yeah, 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 rabbit good. trail, but right, yeah. our world is not training men to be men and women to be women. Yeah. 
they're they're very quickly crossing the lines and distorting the lines and just taking taking the lines away or canceling the lines altogether and saying, well, you know, you can be whatever you feel like being. Well, that's the big, a bunch, biggest bunch of crap I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. It makes no difference how you feel. When you walk up to a restroom, it makes no difference how you feel. And if you're confused about it, you open up your pants and you look down inside and what's in there is appropriate for one restroom and not another. Yeah. And, and that's how you make your decision if you're confused about it. And our world doesn't teach that. Our world teaches the exact opposite. It teaches a man that if he wants to feel like a girl, that it's okay for him to walk into a restaurant. Right. I mean, to a restroom with little girls in there. Oh my gosh. Let me get to the day where some man walks in on my granddaughter while she's trying to go to the bathroom. Yeah. I'll beat that dude. Yeah. No, I mean, I I'm going to pick him up and hug him and tell him that I love him and God loves him afterwards, but I'm going to beat that dude Yeah. because that's not okay. It's not okay. Yeah. No, I, 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 it's crazy. Like, I had a friend that just went to France, and she's like, I can't believe, like, it's insane. Like, she's like, guys are just walking right in here. I'm like, that's gnarly. Yeah. Like, There's gnarly. an old saying that says, evil prevails when good men do nothing. Yeah. And it's so true, and it's so important in our society today for men to stand up yeah. for what's right, uh, for the way God designed things to be. And, and not that you shove your religion down anybody's throat or, you, yeah, or totally. anything like that, but yeah. come on, man. I mean, it's very clear that God designed things to work a certain way. Yeah. And he designed relationships to work and flourish a certain way. And he designed us to work and not be lazy. And he designed us to eat real food, not, you know, fake food. And yeah. he, des- he designed us a certain way. Our bodies work better if we treat them like they were designed to work. Um, life works better. And, and so... Yeah, if we do nothing and stand by, and if no one tries to help or teach the younger generation, or no one, um, you know, tries to pass along wisdom, then gosh, man, we're it just gets lost. Yeah, it gets lost for sure. Um, Before I let you go, real quick, what's a what's a week like for you? Um, You know, you're driving the rig, you're setting up the canopies, you're doing all that, but you also try to find time for you to ride too, right? So, I mean, take us through like a, a week setting up and everything let's take a year okay first okay a year and we'll break it down to to a week okay um so we're originally from texas yep um but in the last couple years we've gotten into a rhythm of unfortunately we we spend very little time in texas okay a week here and there Uh, our kids and grandkids are there but we just fly in and out every once in a while spend a week or two here and there yeah because you have a couple properties throughout the country Yeah, yeah yeah we have different properties from uh when we got into the to the racing thing it became very apparent to me that i needed to be in southern california to help build relationships with young men to yeah. coach them to train them and and i love to ride moto myself uh and i love the weather i love to surf and and snowboard and mountain bike so uh i, I want to be in an environment where that's easy to do and that's that's southern california right so we are usually in southern california from about uh, sometime in august to sometime in january and during that time uh, man i i'll go ride moto three, four, sometimes five days a week. Yeah. Um, and, and I love to ride, uh, when it starts to snow, I'm going snowboarding once a week. Um, a lot of days I'm riding some moto in the morning and then coming home, having some lunch and then going to surf in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, Cause I love to surf. And, and so that's what kind of what California looks like. Yeah. Then come January, we start racing and I can ride while I'm in California. And then once we start driving across the road, 
like I carry a bike with me and, yeah. and I carry a bicycle. And if there's some place we can ride along the way or, or something like that, then I love to try. Uh, it doesn't usually happen a lot. Right. Uh, and then after racing season is over, then uh, we have a place in Missouri on a lake there. Yeah. And, and so we go and spend our summer there and that's kind of our, like you relax, de- like, yeah, relax, decompress, recharge, um, the batteries for, for jumping back to California. And so that's kind of what a year looks like for us right now. Yeah. What a week looks looks like once Supercross starts is, yeah, my wife Rhonda and I drive the, the rig, and we don't try to crush it every day. We drive eight to ten hours a day, you know, have a nice dinner and sleep, uh, yeah. get a good night's sleep, and then get up and do it again the next day. And, and then we pull into the stadium on Wednesday, park in staging, we wash the rig, we have to wash it every week. Yep. Uh, Feld requires us to come in here with a good-looking rig and for it to be clean. It's part of the show. So we pull into the to the uh, stadium, wash the rigs, get everything cleaned up. Uh, on Thursday morning, they park us. Okay. We pull in, park, uh, start immediately unloading all the canopies, doing the setup. It takes about four hours, five hours sometimes to get everything set up, canopies, lights, backdrops people barriers yeah you know the whole thing get everything ready for all the guys uh so that's usually thursday and we're pretty smoked after thursday yeah and then on friday all the guys show up uh we usually do do a press uh session in the morning mm-hmm. usually at five o'clock or seven o'clock in the morning so that's an early day and then uh the rest of friday the guys show up they work on their bikes yeah get, get their, their tires, tires done and, by yeah. pirelli uh, do uh, tech inspections and, and all that kind of stuff, sound tests on, yeah. on the bikes. And then um, Friday night, we try to go out to dinner with somebody or some guys or somebody in the industry that we have relationships with yeah. or build new relationships. And then Saturday starts early, um, 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning. We do breakfast for the guys. Yep. Uh, we go do a track walk and kind of talk about technique and, and – um, you know, places to pass. Yeah, uh, kind of just break tra- break down the break track. Break it down a little yeah. bit, yeah. And then, yeah, Saturday is uh, just goes wide open. so fast. Yeah. It's wide open. Uh, Started at 8, ended at 11, 12 yeah, o'clock. <laughs> yeah, you know, racing is done by 10, 30, 10, 9, 30, 10 o'clock, yeah. whatever. And then we start tearing everything down. Yeah. I mean, we're tearing down until midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning, pack it all up, sleep until we can on Sundays, and, and then... Get all over again. Start it all over again. Yeah. Uh, some some weeks like this week, uh, you're catching us at Tampa um, because of Oakland getting canceled earlier in the season because of the rain. Yeah. They rescheduled it for this weekend. We're supposed to have the weekend off, which right. everybody was super excited about. I was excited about staying in Florida for two weeks and riding and going to the beach and stuff. But now we're going to Oakland. So yeah, Tampa to Oakland, I think, is about as far as you could possibly. Yeah, go it's the farthest point. Yeah, one part of the United States to not, to another. It's um, and then to Dallas, <laughs> forty something hours of driving. Yeah, so we're actually going to probably tonight pack it all up and get on the road tonight and at least get a couple hours in. Yeah, hit the ten, hit the ten and go as far as you can. Yeah, yeah. we won't make it that far. <laughs> we, no, we might make it up to the ten and then we'll be smoking. Call it a day. Yeah. yeah, a couple hours maybe and then we're done. Uh, but yeah, because because we got four days. Okay, basically to get to Oakland. Yeah. And then we race Oakland and turn right around and come back to Arlington. Right. So it's a huge amount of travel in the next two weeks. Um, yeah, this is definitely not a glamorous life. It's not what you It looks see cool on, on the outside. Oh, yeah. it looks great on the outside. And the fans come and they're like, oh, cool, all this cool yeah. stuff. And they walk around and, 
and they have no idea. And, and uh, yeah, I, I, I want to give I want to give a special shout out to the guys that never get recognized. Yeah, and that's you know the, the track builders, dirt works, the AMA guys that just grind every weekend, the felled people that are never home. They just travel from one city to the next. Yep. And then the the guys that do the parking lot. Uh, there's a guy named Wills Federick that is the is the paddock manager. And every week, several weeks in advance, he designs where everybody's going to park. Yeah. Like does a drawing, designs it all. Then when he gets here, he lays it all out in the parking lot, and then he parks everybody. And he's res- him and his crew are responsible for setting up all the the stuff that the fans go and see, the monster stuff, and all the all that activation they see and the music and all that kind of stuff yep. and then they're in charge of parking everybody and getting everybody nice and straight and, and making sure we got adequate fire lanes and I mean these guys grind non-stop, non-stop. Yeah. 12, 15 hours a day get a little bit of sleep and then they're up early in the morning tearing it right back down again putting it in trucks moving it to the next city and really the only rest they get is when they're on the plane flying from one city to the next. Right. Uh, so those guys grind it's, it. Yeah, it's it's 80-hour work week. There's so much that happens behind the scenes that the average person doesn't get to yeah, see. But, no. And we couldn't do this without those people. Yeah, they just they see it on TV and, and everything in the paddock. And they're like, man, this is cool. I want to work. And it's like, yeah, no, you don't yeah it looks cool. <laughs> but uh, like I had a conversation with Kenny Day yesterday. And he's like, it's, it's cool for like about the first year. And then you're like. What the heck did I get myself into? <laughs> yeah, talking about another, the hardest working guy there yeah. is, is Kenny Day that works for Fox. Holy cow. That Grinds. Hard. Yeah. Grinds. And, he, and he'll settle for nothing less than perfection. Yeah. And and his riders get to benefit from that perfection. Yep. Perfection. AC and Ken and the, the PC guys, um, AJ, um, Josh, you know, those guys that, that Fox helps out. Um, I mean, they, they get service that is just above so and beyond yeah above and beyond what anyone else does it doesn't even come close yeah kenny I mean, kenny, kenny has crushes it has been a huge help for me and and talking about mentors and stuff like that like he's he's a big part of where i'm at today and i mean i can't thank that guy enough yeah. so and to you too like we're, i wouldn't be here today without you so um thank you to you it takes uh, a team, man. i know all we're all having fun together. yeah we're, we're all having, having fun. fun and enjoying it and, and building memories and like yeah. that's what that's what i love so um, Chris, thank you for the time. I yeah. appreciate it. I really do. Yeah. Thanks um, so much for doing this. Thanks for yeah. helping us. Thanks for helping us get the word out. Yeah. I want to. I, I just feel like, you know, the, like we talked earlier, like people don't realize how much work this is. Like it looks cool. Like it's like set up some canopies, go dirt bike racing, but it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of money. It's a lot. It's just a lot. So, yeah. um, you know, Chris and I have been talking about trying to set up some stuff through Venmo and stuff. So please um keep an eye out for that we're gonna hopefully try to figure that out soon some qr codes for the races but huge shout out to spot network tv um he's helped brand over there has been helping us out provide all this content and everything and also huge shout out to next level team next level check them out at team next level and uh give their sponsors a follow risk guts pirelli um roswell fast life just all those guys action sports canopies it's uh it's like chris said it's a team and we're super thankful to be here and if you guys are going to a race Please, please check out Team X Level. We usually do ministries around three o'clock, I think, four o'clock, uh, five o'clock after the last. Is it time five? Okay, right here under the canopies. Yeah, right okay, under yeah. The canopies. Yep. We do a short ten. Minute I know Mosman did one at eight two. Yeah. Um, so yep, yep. Chris Cole's going to do it today. That's right. Yep. Um, so we got we got some really cool stuff happening, and like I said, come check out, check it out, say hi, meet the team. Everybody's so welcoming. So yeah, and our uh, yeah, please come check us out. Yeah. Um, follow us our instagram is team next level racing yep and um yeah you can you can see updates and kind of what we're doing and 
and jump on board and please come stop by and see us when you're in the pits or, or uh, whatever races uh, that we're at um, and we, we'd love to know that you're out there and listening and and uh, that this is helping people and yep yeah come and Rhonda's not out. here but huge shout out to Rhonda we're missing you this weekend but we'll yeah, see you at the next one take a little break in Texas yeah uh, so, so we'll see you at the next one everybody's missing mom out here yep. today she's the mom of the of the weekend we'll get so. her on the podcast next week yeah yeah we'll get her um, but yeah thank you guys that's a wrap on episode five of uh, Motorspot Show in the Pits thank you guys have a great have a great one thanks Justin thank you Chris.